0: Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville-Troy Church of Christ. and I'm glad that you have come back today. We'll be opening up to Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. Uh, that's where we're going to pick up today. I uh, was hoping to get through this passage a little bit uh, quicker than we were able to, but there's a lot of details and a lot of things to discuss with this Um And in verse 32 there's a a specific phrase there at the beginning of the verse that I wanted just to spend a few minutes uh, discussing and we of course as we talked about yesterday kind of ran out of time and and we were not able to do that uh, in yesterday's uh, session so we're going to to look at that here today Uh, reading verse 32 it says and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls the name of the Lord shall be saved For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Now the phrase, of course, is that first sentence of verse 32, that whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is some disagreement in the religious world as far as exactly what he means by that. And we see this phrase on... A number of occasions even in the New Testament one of which is Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 this is when Paul is giving an account of his conversion and he says they're quoting Ananias was which was the one who taught him it says and why do you wait rise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on his name other translations will say calling on the name of the Lord and a lot of people in the religious world will say, again, there's different opinions, different beliefs as far as what he's talking about here. Uh, perhaps that confession, or perhaps just in a very generic sense, believing in his name and accepting the fact that Christ is our Savior, and in that way, calling on his name. But when we look at the scriptures and even looking at the a couple of instances that we're going to look at here today I don't believe that that is a proper definition and explanation of that phrase because even if we continue just looking at Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 when Ananias was teaching Paul what to do to be saved and what he needed to do to have remission of sins He says, to arise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Paul's obedience to the gospel was his calling on the name of the Lord. These two things are not separated. These two things are not different different instances or different times or different things that Paul did. They are connected. The baptism and the calling are one and the same. Paul called on the name of the Lord by submitting to his will and by obeying him. Now let's look at another example of this, going back to Acts chapter 2, as we have spent some time looking at earlier this week. If you remember, in verses 16 through 21, uh, Peter quotes that prophecy from Joel. And so in verse 21, as he's quoting it, he says, "...and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." And then from verses 22 going all the way down through 36, he preaches to them about Christ and how Christ is reigning on his throne. He's at the right hand of, of God. He received the promises that were made to David back in the Old Testament that one was going to reign on his throne for all of eternity. He says that, that he had received that. He had ascended to heaven. He's preaching the gospel to these people. And in verse 36, or verse 37, rather, after they had heard this sermon, it says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Now, he has already told them in verse 21 with that prophecy from Joel, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's already told them that. And so now they're asking, well, what is it that we need to do? What exactly does that mean calling on the name of the Lord well what is Peter's response does he say just believe that he is the Messiah which clearly based on their response they believed that Christ is the Messiah and so if that if that were all that it was we wouldn't we wouldn't read we wouldn't have verse 38 in following They would have have been saved right then and there if belief was all that that was required. If belief is, is what it means to call on the name of the Lord. Or if there was something else that was required to call on the name of the Lord. But what does Peter tell them to do? He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter told them in verse 22, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. They say, what is it that we need to do in order to call on the name of the Lord? And Peter tells them to repent and be baptized. And that coincides perfectly with what Ananias told Paul in Acts 22 and verse 16. To arise and be baptized, wash away thy sins calling on the name of the Lord. That submission and obedience to the gospel in baptism is what it means to call on the name of the Lord that that general principle of being obedient to God not just having a faith in him but being obedient to him not just believing in him but submitting to his law and Joel is saying here in Joel chapter 2 and verse 32 anyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved will be saved of course from our sins which is what Peter and Ananias were, were teaching to their respective audiences and we know based on other passages of Scripture Galatians 3 and the book of Hebrews as well the book of Romans the majority of the book of Romans deals with this it's not just the Jews Paul especially in Romans chapter 11 deals with the fact that the Gentiles had been grafted in of course through Christ and through his sacrifice anyone who believes in him anyone who receives him and submits to his will will be saved and that's what Joel is talking about here in verse uh, 32 uh, he continues on there in verse 32 he says for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape as the Lord has said and among the survivors there shall be those whom the Lord calls now again kind of going back to verses 30 and 31 I think they're There's kind of a parallel between the destruction of Jerusalem and the final day of judgment. But thinking about this for us today, if we call the name of the Lord and if we are saved and if we remain faithful to Him, when God does return, when that day of judgment does come, we're going to be spared from any of of the... The punishment that others may face because we have called upon his name because we have submitted to him and have obeyed him and so Joel is saying here he's he's prophesying really about the the final dispensation the marker of its beginning was was going to be there in in as he says in verse 28 the pouring out of the Holy Spirit the various miraculous things that Peter of course points out and the salvation of all people there in verse 32 whoever obeys christ which is what the writer of hebrews discusses i believe it's hebrews 5 and verse 9 he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him so anyone who calls upon his name and submits to his authority and obeys his will will be saved and when we stand before him on the day of judgment we can have boldness and courage knowing that we have been faithful to him And we will not face the punishment that those who rejected Christ, unfortunately, will face. So that's Joel uh, chapter 2 there in verses 28 through 32. This prophecy, of course, that we have that divine interpretation of, or at least application of there in Acts chapter 2. I thank you for your time and for your attention here today. If you'll come back tomorrow, we'll pick up in chapter 3.